0: Think
1: we're live? Okay. Yes, we are live.
0: Uh, good afternoon, everybody.
1: Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. And good night. Whenever, wherever you're joining us from, we're glad you have uh, that you're here for this month's Juice Bar with Voice of the Middle Ground Ministry of Crosswalk Church in Phoenix. My name is Ruth Jefferson and I'm co-hosting today with Pastor Erin Robinson of Fairview Lutheran Church in Milwaukee. We'd also like to thank Phil Merton, chaplain from Institutional Ministries, for joining us on the live stream today. If you're here with us, let us know where you're joining from and also what you hope to get from today's live stream. Um, you can drop the, that information in the in the chat. We'll also go ahead and give a couple of minutes now so that more people can get here since we're just two minutes after starting time.
0: Excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, we, just uh, while they're getting along, uh had a wonderful Christmas celebration over at the church where we focused on the nativity scenes, the manger scenes
2: mm-hmm. that people
0: have in their homes and so I invited members to bring their nativity sets to church, nice. stepped them up and so that others might see how they have painted, decorated, used uh, the nativity scenes. And we had one person who had done an eight-minute video of a nativity scene, and we showed it in church. Oh. It was eight minutes, and I, it, was, it was nicely done. It was a Fontanini, I think it was. It was... Supposed to be, you know, a special kind or whatever. That's not my territory. That's my wife's territory. She's the artist in the family. So she allowed me to bring ours from home and I yeah. didn't break a piece yet. So I thank God for that. Very
1: cool. Well, that's definitely good. He wouldn't want me to get in trouble for breaking it. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, just so those who <laughs> are joining us live, keep me in your prayers that it makes it back home safely too um, without any pieces broken. Right. Or this is the last time you see me live.
1: Um, <laughs> you mean on Facebook, right?
0: <laughs> you take it as you will. I'm just, uh, I'm just asking for prayers. That's all. All
1: right. So, so far, we've got Mickey from Madison, Wisconsin, Carly from Atlanta, Meg from Inglewood, and Faith okay. from Bountiful, Utah. Thanks for joining us. Um, cool. So, Phil, um, how was how was
2: your Christmas? Uh, it's still in process. We kind of had a sort of a COVID Christmas. Uh, we had uh, some COVID exposure in the family, so we were all kind of quarantining. Uh, and the quarantine is finally up this week, so we're finally going to converge and uh, uh, have some family get-togethers. Uh, so it was pretty pretty subdued Christmas so far.
0: Sorry, are you okay? Can we talk with you over... Facebook Live and not get well, go.
2: <laughs> you should probably wear a mask, but don't let me tell you what to do.
0: <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I think, I think if I'm not incorrect, I think Mickey was in Milwaukee for the break. I saw her car, I think, in the parking lot of her train driver. Am I right, Mickey? Ooh.
2: Stuck in Milwaukee.
0: Yeah, see,
2: yeah, they cannot visit their parents, so. OK. All right. well, we'll
1: give her a couple more minutes here. Um, if you're watching us and you think that there are some friends that you have that might want to tune in as well, um, you can also go ahead and uh, share this on your page or even just tag them. Um, we'll give us a couple more minutes and then we'll go ahead and get started. Oh, and um Pastor Robinson she said that she was. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Excellent. Wonderful. Um,
1: yeah. We've got Lisa also joining us from Sun City, Arizona right now.
2: Nice. Welcome, Lisa. In- yeah.
0: Is Sun City near you, Ruth? Uh, I was it- you know, clue.
1: So I am. I have no clue about geography, which I probably should by now. But
2: <laughs> I I think that's right, though. I think it's kind of on the west west uh, of Phoenix, just something mm-hmm. like that.
1: Um, we've got Sarah McKeel also. Um, she's tuning in to us from Milwaukee. Hi, Sarah.
2: Yeah.
0: Hey. Hey, little Sarah.
1: And Fred Barber, also from Utah.
0: Good to see I'll you, Fred. All
1: right.
0: So, so Ruth, 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 what's our topic for today?
1: Today, we are going to be talking about critical race theory.
0: Okay, good. Because I I forgot. I just make sure. Thanks for reminding me. Critical race theory.
2: <laughs> critical race theory. Okay.
1: So today we're going to be talking about critical race theory. It's kind of controversial. um, And because of that, uh, we want to be careful, especially like how we're approaching it. But um, specifically today, we'll be talking about what is critical race theory? uh, What are some of the challenges it addresses? And uh, what is uh, the godly approach to these challenges? Um,
0: Before you dive in real deep, can we ask those who are already online to, to put any questions they have about it mm-hmm. right now so that by the time we go through it, maybe we can answer those questions or have that discussion?
1: Um, yeah, definitely, let's go ahead. Uh, if you have any questions right now, you can go ahead and put that into the, into the chat so that we can respond to those kind of as we go along. Um, right now, we have something from uh, Sarah, Mitchell, uh, she is wanting to get a good working definition of CRT. All
0: right, she's at the right place then. I think you get.
1: Mickey is wanting to get more of an understanding on the language we might need to avoid, so people don't use CRT as an excuse to stop discussions about race. Wonderful,
0: good concern
1: really good questions kind of as we're going along here.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so really, I think it's important to start with that first point, which is what is critical race theory and kind of how would we define that?
0: Uh, Ruth, what is, what is this thing called CRT? Well, no, actually, let me ask you a question first, Ruth. When did you first hear about CRT or critical race theory?
1: When did I first hear about CRT? Um, well, I first heard about CRT uh, right after, um, right after George, uh, the, the thing that happened with George Floyd.
0: Okay, his, his death. Yep. Okay, so you're not come to contact with it in college at all.
1: No, it wasn't something that we really discussed there, no.
0: Okay, all right. And Phil, how about you with the CRT? What did you get exposed to?
2: I think the first time I heard the term was when I heard that uh, the uh, Trump administration was working hard to to, uh, ban it from any uh, federally uh, funded and sponsored uh, programs. Uh, uh, And I had never heard of it before. And uh, when I did, I just, the cursory uh, reading I had of it made me think, well, this sounds good, uh, just look exposing the, uh, uh, some of the, the racism that's present, inherent in, in uh, our history of our country. Uh, what's wrong with that? Uh, peeling away the whitewash and uh, seeing the reality. Uh, and I, I thank you guys for uh, s- setting me straight on uh, how, in this case, the cure is worse than the disease.
0: Yeah, yeah. so so right now let's take a little pause and, and let Ruth, what I think has done the most research on it uh, academically, speak to what critical race theory is. You ready to do that, Ruth? Yes, er- answering Sarah's question, giving her a working model or definition of that.
1: Um, so, kind of in uh, in my research on this, there's there's a lot of uh, different elements to critical race theory. Really, it started as something out of the critical legal studies movement, um, and it kind of branched off from that because there was concern that it wasn't really um, wasn't really reviewing or taking a look at like how race uh, was impacting the different areas in the way that they felt like it should. Um, also uh, part of what I, what I did as I was looking at this because really what I wanted to do was gain an understanding because I'd heard, I'd, I'd heard different attacks on critical race theory before I even really had an understanding of what it was. And I didn't want those to be um, what, was, what was really guiding my understanding so um, one of the one of the places that I looked actually um, I did take a look at the Encyclopedia Britannica um, that and that defines critical race theory as the view that the law and legal institutions are inherently racist and that race itself instead of being a biologically ground uh, instead of being biologically grounded and natural is a socially constructed concept that is used by white people to further their economic and political interest at the expense of people of color. And from there, um, I also expanded my research to kind of look into uh, different academic journals and see what they had to say about it. And some of the things that I really noticed uh, as I was doing that was kind of the way that it really separated people in the sense that it made white people the enemy and people that are, that part of different minority groups, kind of the the victims of this continual, uh, these continual uh, efforts of subjugation, um, even to the point where the law itself um, was was just something to continue that system of infighting. Um,
0: yeah. So, um, Let me go back to the question I asked uh, Ruth and Phil earlier about when I first heard about critical race theory. Um, The terms that were being used or adopted by critical race theory or even some of them created by it uh, were terms that sounded very similar to me from what I um, remember hearing when I was uh, in the mid early 90s still in high school and hearing some of the speeches of Malcolm X and the Nation of Islam. uh, about the the structure of America and and the white man who they would define at some point in, in their teaching as the devil and and how they treated not just uh, African-Americans or Black Americans at the time, but but all minorities. So when I heard of critical race theory, it, it sounded very familiar to me from that angle. Um, and then uh, a guy that I have gotten to enjoy is his talks uh, got him uh, about ba- 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 I call him Vodi, but Vody. He um. He tied it all the way back to cult to Marxism to Gramsci, and he talked about a thing called hegemony, uh, or hey, or hide your money, depends on, on who you are. But hegemony is a Greek term that talks about the a, a leader, and, and usually it's a suppressive leader, someone who who se- seeks to dominate over a smaller city state at time in the Greek. Uh, world or a smaller group or just a weaker group for that matter. And so then that term uh, was adopted by Gramsci, uh, who was a uh, follower of Marx about cultural hegemony and that that's happened culturally. And so out of that came this um, cultural, uh, what did you call it? the critical legal studies. They took that same idea and applied it then to uh, the culture in America um, using the, the the white male as the, the hegemony, the the one that is dominating over anybody that is not white, not male, um, and not cisgender. You know, and so you have you have those groups now being told that the problem isn't things that you can control. It's someone else above you who is oppressing, and therefore, if you come together, then you can overturn the oppressor and. and in uh, the Marxist philosophy is economics, just the trade economy, uh, over against capitalism. And in Gramsci, it's about a cultural shift. And so now in, in the cultural and the critical race theory, they've adopted Gramsci more than Marx that now is trying to overturn uh, those uh, who are, would be considered the oppressors, but by anyone that is not of that group. Uh, so. Uh, that that's kind of a, a thing that voting went into, and, and I I, I appreciate that comment about critical race theory. Uh, any further defining of it?
1: Um, I I think that uh, pretty much pretty much takes care of the definition um, from that.
2: One of the uh, things I noticed, uh, let's see if I can call it my notes here. Uh, uh, is at least according to this one uh, source, it's, uh, it asserts that racism is a permanent component of American life, um, which yeah, I, I, that seems pretty dire to me, if it's true. I mean, I know it's been been around a long time that it's uh, uh, it's interwoven into a whole lot, way too many aspects of society, but that idea that it's just, US is inherently, permanently, fundamentally racist. Uh, I don't know if I'm ready to accept that.
0: Yeah, and, and the, the, the words you use that, that gives me pause is permanent. Yeah, You don't know if it's permanent until it's done. Good point. So, so as, as we are a part of a nation, in a nation that is, is re- relatively young uh, compared to other mm-hmm. nations and countries, Uh, you would hope that we are still growing into what we could be even with regard to the racial tension and racial struggles that we have we have had that permanent doesn't have to be permanent I I once got a permanent when I was in grade school (laughs) because my hair was too tight and I used to cry when my mama combed it and it it didn't last forever they call it a permanent but it was pretty temporary Uh. I'm hoping that that will apply to uh, racism in America too. That there's, there'll be a point in time uh, if God allows the world to continue, and America to continue as a nation that that will see a, um, a dissemination, uh, a, a, a padding down of the uh, of the racial conflict, uh, and not just in, in name. You know, I think one of the problems is that in the '80s, people were acting as though there weren't any race issues. Um, We all liked Michael Jackson. We all liked George Michael. It was uh, we all got along, you know. But there are those who are still hurting, and then that hurt turned into anger uh, in this last year and a half, two years, uh, not just of an individual, but of a a whole group. And and uh, I guess I I kind of get that. So I think CRT had its kind of beginning in the '80s as a collective, right? In the 80s, that's when they got to put their theory together. One of the thoughts that I want to um, just make a point of, and then I'll stop talking for a while, is uh, it is called a theory, critical race theory, and I'm glad they call it a theory and they don't say critical race fact, um, but if it's a theory, then let's, let's work out and let's discuss the theory, so that's why we're here to discuss it. Ruth, where do you want us to go next?
1: I think um, as we're talking about uh, critical race theory and uh, really defining that, um, one of the questions that might come up is um, if critical race theory is um, is so bad, why are people, uh, why are Christians Going for that? Why is it that uh, Christians are finding themselves either um, using that to uh, to support like their framework and the way that they view these um, these issues that are very important? And I think um, kind of as as part of that, it's important to revisit like the history of um, the history of racism, kind of in the country and it, and then the church and it, the church's response to certain things. So. Um, is that something that uh, maybe you and Phil could uh, offer some insight into?
0: Yeah, you, go, you go first. We'll take
2: yeah, I, I would like to jump in with that. Um, I uh, I know I can easily sucker into, uh, if there's an issue where I have some strong feelings about it, where I'm aware there's a problem, there's an injustice, um, pretty much, I, I can be real undiscerning sometimes. And any anybody that comes along and says, Yes, that's a problem, uh, right away. I'm thinking, all right, I, I love this guy. And I I tend to be uh you know, to kind of put my uh critical thinking aside and uh not stepping out and seeing, yeah, but what else is he saying and how is he saying it? And is there is there grace involved here uh, or is it just here's the problem here's what's wrong uh, so i have done that in a lot of areas uh, made that mistake and uh here's where i think it'd be it's very easy to if anybody uh, any any christian who's uh, who's concerned about uh racism in our country racism as it's crept into the church um something like this comes along and points out some of the problems, that's all we're hearing that, hey, they, they see the problem too. Great.
0: Yeah, hey, some of it has to do with maybe which church body you belong to. Uh, if you're a part of a, uh, if you grew up in a predominantly black church uh, with has roots in either in, in the Baptist or Pentecostal uh, churches, there are those churches that were very involved with the, the plight of, of, of African-Americans as part of their regular preaching and teaching, which one could argue whether that was good or bad, because sometimes it may not have been scriptural or or biblical textual, textual preaching, but I'm not here to judge that, but it was the problem that they were dealing with in their neighborhood with their people. And so they addressed it. If your church body was not from that neighborhood or from that community or you yourself weren't, most, a lot of churches just did not speak about problems of race problems of, of racial tension because it wasn't part of their their a- annual texts it wasn't part of of um pointing to the cross it was more social than we normally do it so the church has in some ways been unwilling to speak about race because it's not an easy topic you know i i remember uh, my brother asked me he said how come you guys can you talk about about sexuality, homosexuality, adultery, and not about racism. He said, so from the pulpit, we don't preach about it a whole lot. And maybe that's a flaw in in, in how we view that problem and how our people have to deal with that problem on a daily basis. But I think the church historically has had that problem um, of how to address it, especially when you look at the majority of churches in America having stemmed from a, a white base. And even the, the, the churches that we consider black churches now stemmed, came out of a, a white church body that then split it off into these different places. So it wasn't a, a big topic then, obviously because there's much more racial divide and it stayed there in the background. It might be their problem, but it's not our problem. It might be my problem, but it's not your problem. So the, the church, um, if you look around the civil rights movement uh, everybody wants to just tell MLK uh, as the lone individual, but there are a number of pastors and priests that we're walking with alongside and and, and behind them. And so uh, the church hasn't always been silent, but depending on the church body, you might have heard less about it. Um, and I think that goes to Phil's point. If it's not concerning me, or if it, if it's something that I don't feel personally, I may not get on the wagon as quickly as others but if it's something I feel then I'm all on there with you, and, and I can see where it needs to go. Um, and then the other part is the world is full of, of all the kinds of greed. Uh, there is uh, anger. There's, there's hate, which I think racism comes out of that. Um, all of those should be talked about with the same disdain that God has for sin. And, and in the same way, God has the same answer for all of those, and that is grace. Uh, the the son was just celebrated a couple of days ago. And so, um, but yeah, the, the church dropped the ball, dropped the ball, especially, you know, you think about times when it was so obvious that there's a way to say that was wrong. And, and, and even now we have churches that don't wanna say wrong is wrong because it might affect their constituents their, their members the donors and, and that, that's part of the reason why that's happened
2: mm-hmm.
0: historically mm-hmm. and we can cite examples if you wanted to you know and, um when you, when you have members of the Ku klux klan being members of church bodies that's a problem the church have addressed that and said brother you have a problem with your hate in your heart Let's go to the cross and, and get and, and ask for forgiveness and, and get you right not allowed to be there and fester and boil up so someone gets damaged. That's an obvious one right um, hmm. so
1: um, I want I want us to pause for a second. Uh, we've had a, a couple of comments come in um, and really uh, some questions too. Um, Here's a comment and then a question from, uh, from Carly. Um, she says, I see a lot of leaders in activism being labeled as critical race theorists and wonder that it's a way to make them appear dangerous. Um, and then also her question is, as Christians, could we look at that through the lens of this is part of original sin? Uh, referring to critical race theory there. Um, I think I'll let... Uh, let you go ahead and speak to that.
0: Is critical race theory part of original sin or the way that critical race theory uh, speaks about racism as a part of original sin? I'm gonna look with the second one. I don't don't wanna call critical race theory a sin, (laughs) but speaking about racism in general, um, I believe it is my understanding that that there was a a brother named Cain who killed his brother Abel because he wasn't in the favor of God like he wanted to. But there's always been this this, this jealousy that rises up. Part of jealousy comes out of hate, uh, anger. There's an echo now, is that me or is that you?
2: I will mute myself. I don't know who that is.
1: Are you still hearing it?
2: I am still hearing it.
0: Hold on. Okay, be that should be better now. No, it's
2: not. No, it's not. Anyway, anyway, Phil, you go and then I'll good come good. in um, and fix it. Um, oh, now I'm, now hearing, now it I'm too. hearing it too. <laughs> okay. okay, let's see. Let's
0: what, if
2: see. We, let's what if we what if mute Aaron? Uh, how do I mute me? How do you mute you? How do you mute Aaron? Mm-hmm question america is asking <laughs> there okay it worked ta-da uh the um i, I think maybe when when you ask uh, is this uh, could we talk about this as part of original sin uh i can see it the answer being yes in a couple of different ways um uh is uh is, is racism part of original sin? I'm uh, definitely, yes. Uh, there is, uh, God has built into us uh, uh, a the midbrain that uh, is, it's not the thinking part of our brain, it's the reactive part. And uh, it that, that midbrain notices differences. Um, you look different from me. You're not like the people I'm used to, the people in my tight little group. And the midbrain says, ooh, caution. Okay, that's fine. God built that into us. Original sin corrupted that and turned that, went from just uh, be aware of the difference, uh, yes, be, be cautious and ask some questions, to uh, enemy, hatred. Uh, it got corrupted like so many other things uh, with original sin. So yeah, racism is part of original sin. And I think uh, possibly the approach that... Uh, CRT and other similar uh, programs uh, take that. I could say that part is original sin as well. That, uh, um, what do you do when you see a problem? You condemn, uh, you know, to bring it under the grace of God, to to reach out in love uh, and understanding, respect, uh, forgiveness. No, got a problem, condemn the problem, problem solved. So, from that point of view, yeah, I could see it.
0: And I think I'm back to being not echoey. Uh, the, uh, the the second part of your question, Carly, has to do with uh, labeling someone critical race theorists. The worst thing you could do to someone in a conversation is, is give them a label, because then they have to fight off that label, right? Yeah. And, and so, um, to your, I think to your point, I, I hope I hope I understand the question. Yeah, just because someone has an an opinion or a statement doesn't mean that they have they have um, bought into a theory uh, that has a similar statement. So to label everyone that is on on one side of a conversation, critical race theorists, would not be, um, I think, an appropriate um, debate mechanism. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) It'd be the way to corner someone. And and what you wanna do is allow the fact that there are some who who have um, swallowed full hook about critical race theory, and they're down that path, and they believe it, and they tout it, and they will, they will, uh, will, will champion it. Some who have been influenced by it, but don't even know they're influenced by it, because they're using the, the terms that are that come from it. Uh, and then you have some people that are in between those two, right? Where they they might buy some of it, not all of it. And so, yeah, I don't think we should be we should be so quick to label someone a critical race theorist if, if that is a, a term used these days. But it would be let's have a conversation like we're doing now to some degree. I'll hopefully do with your friends. And and then in all of this, and I know we didn't show it to you, we, we started our conversation earlier with prayer. That as Christians, we 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 start with prayer and we go to the Word of God. And and we realize that the wisdom of God is greater than than man's. It's it's so it's 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 putting everything that we know and that we can see and, and putting it under the microscope of, of of God and His Word, not under the microscope of, of feelings or even um, theories.
2: Um, oh, can I, quick I throw in something there? Uh, uh, aim, a big amen to what you said there, Aaron. About uh, uh, just because somebody says. Something uses a phrase that sound is is also used by critical race theory or whatever, just to to, to quickly label them and say so. Therefore, you are a critical race theorists. There there are there are plenty of things in critical race theory, of the literature, the uh, the things said by critical race theorists that I think any any of us would probably say amen to uh, challenging claims of neutrality, objectivity, and colorblindness. You know that these are these are things that think there are certain things that every one of us could say amen to. And just to say, well, therefore you're, you are CRT. It's just not helpful.
1: Um, there are some, uh, some things that I kind of want to speak to this. And then uh, I think we should probably turn back to the, um, to the chat for, for a bit here. Um, so as, as far as CRT and original sin, I think it's also important to make, to make sure that we note the difference here. Because with original sin, there is a a level playing field in that we are all equally sinful and that that grace is equally extended to to all of us is, is what the gospel is about. But when you start dealing with critical race theory, it's, it's not from a standpoint of we are all equally sinful. It clearly establishes one group that is inherently worse than every other group. And so I, th- I think in that is where we kind of run into the difference there. Um, and so I uh, will well, give you all a chance to respond to that if you want and then um, we'll return to the chat for a bit.
0: Which is one of the reasons it reminded me of Malcolm X's or the Nation of Islam's viewpoint of, of the white devil. That it, um, it, it, CRT speaks of white Americans and, and white people in, in, across the world. They, they don't stop with America saying that they're the, the, the oppressive group and always have been and always will be, and therefore they're. They're so much worse than everyone else, um, which isn't not historically accurate either, because there have been other groups that have had power and maintained power uh, before uh, the Europeans uh, had power, and uh, and so uh, yeah, good point, Ruth, to, to recognize that original sin of humanity that we have racism, that we have hatred in the world. Yes, but it's not that it's a one it's not a one sided thing. It's not. They have this original sin, but no one else does. That um, I will argue this with friends who happen to be black as well. That that racism is not a, a, a one-way street. The effects of it may be felt more one way than the other way, but 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 people who are minorities can have hatred in their hearts based on race too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the the concept of it being um, only one way is what critical race theory would put forth and that's not, that's not accurate, I don't believe and that. That's not biblical and you know, we, we have all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And it may not always be the same way, but we, we all have. And so I um, appreciate that comment.
1: Thank you. Um, let's go ahead and turn back to the, to the chat. Um, we have a comment from Jeremy Long and a question from, uh, Bettina Winfrey, Um, Jeremy says it's an interesting point concerning if it had not affected the congregation, they may not have had it discussed. I hadn't thought about that. Um, And then Bettina Winfrey, uh, in my personal understanding and study of CRT over the past decade or so, I have never been um, unable to harmonize it with my Christian faith. What am I missing? What about CRT should we be rejecting as Christians? Um I think we kind of touched on that a little bit, but I think there's probably some more explore, exploration of that that we can go into. Um. And,
0: and I, by the way, um, Hi, Bettina. Nice to nice to hear from you. Thanks for joining the conversation. You know, the, as Christians, we should be um, discerning in everything, and and I would I would just encourage you to be discerning in and how you use those things of CRT that. That you happen to agree with, I. I um, this conversation is not a statement that says uh, CRT is a sin or it will send someone to hell. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't think that's how we're, we're, we're we want to frame that. But there are things there that are problematic with regard to um, if if the white race is oppressive by nature, then why would I reach out with the gospel to them? If the, if if the white male is is the is the enemy of, of all others that are not him um then then why would i show love to him and so the, there's a, a problem with the idea of loving your neighbor as yourself that crt doesn't want to do it wants to take your neighbor who is the white male and put him as the other which is opposite of what the the bible says and, and an example of that you know you think of the good samaritan story where god jesus could used a he could use the um, uh, an Israelite, as the man who got, who, who was helpful, but he didn't he use a, a Samaritan, someone that, according to culture, or one might say, race in this context, should have been, uh, should have hated him because of how they were treated by them, but he didn't. He showed love, and, and I, don't, I don't see, but I don't see. And this is just my limited view of it. You had a decade, so I, I would I'm about to your your knowledge of it. I don't see any space for love in CRT. That, that, that's the part that gets me um, that uh, as I try to, to live my life for christ if you know if if I can do all these things well as well preach like games but, but have not love, I'm a resounding God. <laughs> if I can end racism but have not love, then I, I didn't do it for Christ and so for me the, the driving motivation is is love um, and one of the reasons why I would like to see racism end or diminished it's so that I could share love better across those racial lines. That's the whole goal. It's it's, um, it's not ending poverty or ending any is it's not the end of itself. The end is go make disciples of all nations. That includes those who are minorities. That includes those who are in the majority. That includes those who are male and female, those who, who struggle with gender uh, or, or self-identify something other than but God says it's, it's that love piece that I find missing in CRT. And, and so I like everything, I can read it and take things from them that, that are worthwhile, as Phil mentioned earlier, and, and have conversations about those things. But ultimately, I've got to say, I'm not going to have CRT be the thing that that guides me. But Christ's love guides me. It motivates me. And CRT may be a tool that you use because it has some good factual information that, that you enjoy but in the end, for me, I'm going to go to the Bible for my, for my guidance. Sorry, I was a little bit longer than I wanted it to be.
2: One of the things, um, as, I, as I think about Bettina's uh, question here, um, um, let's see, there's, in the, in the prophecy uh, Isaiah had about, uh, about the Messiah, how he was uh, a bruised reed he will not break, a smoldering wick he will not quench. Uh, pointing out that uh, uh, the the Messiah and everybody who follows his way of grace is going to be looking for people who have uh, who are really really weighed down by guilt. And uh, uh, let's be careful how we handle those people so I don't break them even further. Um, I think as a parallel. Uh, uh, Growing up with uh, hearing the, the confession of sins in uh, our church services uh, so often, it was just, uh, it, it, it could, could leave a person, and does sometimes leave people with the impression, you're worthless, you have no value, you are just disgusting, uh, why does God want anything to do with you? Um, a lot of people heard that and say, oh yeah, my, my sin is bad, I'm sure glad I got, for, got forgiveness, they can, they can kind of blow it off. And a lot of people can't and i've known a lot of those people they they come to church feeling awful about themselves feeling worthless already and then they're told oh you you, you don't feel worthless enough uh i feel for those people uh and we, we need to be sensitive for them now i've seen the same thing with uh with, with race uh i i know people i have some very close friends who are carrying around this burden of guilt at all times because i'm white because I have I have advantages that uh, people of color don't have and I feel awful about it. And then for those people, do, do we want to beat them further into the ground? And say, yeah, you are guilty. Uh, I don't think so. I think grace offers us a better way.
1: Mm-hmm. I would definitely agree with
0: that. Yeah, and, and to Jeremy's statement. No, Jeremy, thanks for the statement. Yeah. and. and it, and that doesn't necessarily take them off the hook just because it wasn't in their neighborhood or in their church that they should not have okay. spoken about it. So I wasn't saying that, but I, but I do think that's how we sometimes miss things. Like if you're living in a neighborhood that's, that's not dealing with poverty, you probably don't pre- preach on poverty a whole lot, or at least not accurately. If you're living in a neighborhood that doesn't have a lot high crime, you probably don't preach about crime accurately or, or at all because it's not your thing. And so if you are living in a community where it's all white or it's mm-hmm. all Hispanic or it's all black, you're dealing with the problems of that community, not necessarily the interactions of communities. And so that's not off the hook. We, we should still preach those messages to the heart of people who are, who are still dealing with that middle brain that, that Phil talked about that, that sometimes that has been uh, corrupted by original sin and makes Unnecessary judgments and and and, and hateful uh, judgments. Some people,
1: um, I think, kind of um, this this might be backtracking us a little bit, but and yes, I know how you feel about backtracking.
0: <laughs> back. I I think it's
1: I think it's important for us to also uh, take a couple of minutes and actually talk about the issues that. Critical race theory um, does kind of attempt to address. Because I I think in doing that, we can also uh, take a a closer look at what it is that the gospel has to offer as we're looking at these things.
0: Okay, before you go into that, can I just say, first of all, to Bettina's point and all those who are kind of listening, to some degree, I want to say thank God for critical race theory having started a bigger conversation that have they not gone down that path we may not be having this discussion now and we may be acting as though it's all going to be okay just because we prayed this morning instead of being actively involved in trying to make change so so i'm not saying that they, they are evil individuals or bad people but but i, th- I thank god that, that that they brought this conversation in there and so now to those conversational pieces so go ahead and uh help us out
1: would you mind uh, speaking to some of the issues that critical race theory does actually address?
0: You throw out a theory,
1: and we'll discuss it. Um, let's um, let's talk about education, for example. I know we kind of had um, last month. We had an entire one-hour segment where we discussed it. But uh, what are some of the um, what are some of the benefits um, or some of the things that critical race theory attempts to address like as far as as far as education?
0: So the, inequality, the, the inequality in education
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's, well, it, it's, that, that's where I think critical race theory has, gives us a good starting point. Is there inequality in education? In the education system, yes. Um, is there an inequality based on on where you live? Yes, and is that oftentimes the the, the um, part of the how you live in in your cultural or community or race? Yes, because we are still a divided country in so many neighborhoods, especially in cities, um, and so that's that's where I can agree with critical race theory and that that the problem is, is real. Where I would go with the critical race theory, uh, go to the Bible say, um, God said in Deuteronomy to, to the parents, teach these to your children. Um, parents are to be the primary teachers of the children, not the institutions. Uh, and and that that education should come from someone who uh, as a Christian who, who knows God and puts God at the center of the education. And so that those things that are being taught are from a godly perspective, and so you're not you're not trying to break down the the family role as if the father and mother should not be together, as if the nuclear family somehow um, is, is a bad thing. But it is what God has had desired and designed. And when He created Adam and Eve, uh, and when He said, "You should be father and mother, be united to your wife, to become one the flesh." And so um, I would want to teach that. I'd also want to um, steer away from the teaching that um, this is all happening because of that one group that oppressed. Because there are so many moments in, in history where it's there are multifaceted reasons for negative things. And there is oftentimes a catalyst to it, uh, but then there's also times when there's a, a way that um, groups are strengthened through it. Right? Um, I, I, take, I take more pride than I used to in my ancestors who endured the, uh, the ride over from Africa. Uh, I take so much more pride now than I used to in those who endured slavery because I realized that that gave them strength to endure the next 200 years. Now, I wish that wouldn't have happened. But I thank God that that they had the strength to endure it. So if history was just about them being oppressed, not about them being strengthened through it, then I, I would lose a whole lot, you know. And I think of Joseph's words when he he said to his brothers, "What you went for my harm, God meant for my good," you know. And so um, I think of history in that bigger lens. I think of history as what God is is doing and working for the good of those who love Him, of calling to go His purpose, right? So. It's not about what someone else does. It's about, okay, God, what are you doing in this moment? And and God is so much more powerful and active than um, our theories, whether it be the evolutionary theory, uh, a race theory, an economic theory. Or God is is as my daughter says, facts. Right, um,
1: Phil. Did you have any any thoughts that you wanna wanna add to that?
2: Um, the, just thing, the wonderful thing about, uh, being under God's grace, uh, um, it's how the, 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 the person who's been wronged and the person who has done the wrong, how, uh, God brings, brings us together under his cross. So the, there's, there's a song, uh, that, uh, says, uh, called the wonderful cross, uh, where it has alliances where the wrongs. We have done, and the wrongs done to us, are all taken care of there at the cross. Um, I. This isn't about a uh, thing of a, a some uh, situation I encountered once. This isn't about race, but it is about uh, oppressor and, and the oppressed. Um, a man I, I, I met in prison, uh, he who's he was in prison for uh, vehicular homicide, uh, drove drunk and killed a man, uh, and the family members of the the man that he had killed uh, one in particular this woman was just had so much rage and bitterness toward toward this this guy and now this prisoner uh she it was making her sick it was ruining her life she had to she had to come to terms they had to find a way to 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 forgive and to uh to confront the man who had done this to her brother and uh uh tell him, I, I this is what you did, this is the hurt you did, and this is what I forgive you for. The result of this was that now those two are, are going around, uh, now that he's released from prison, they are making presentations here and there about uh, restorative justice, about uh, forgiveness. Uh, you know, the, the, one, the one who did the wrong and the one who was wrong, they're, they're teammates now. Now, th- this is what grace can do on, uh, to, to focus on that uh, to make that uh, the goal, to make that uh, the, the context for everything we do.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, the other thing, thanks, Bill, for that. That was well said about that restorative piece of grace. You know, that gets us back together in the same room to to, to now live for Christ together. Um, back to the educational piece that I thought I forgot about, and I want to share this with with us. Um, too often, within American education systems either starts at slavery for Black America or starts at civil rights in Black America and this is the in-between. There was a time when the, the after-American communities were strong and they were doing well and there was vibrancy. So what critical race theory and most education doesn't do is talk about that positive piece that happened for about I think it's about 30, 40 years, that that would include the, the time of, of MLK during his life. And then before that, where they came out of the, the World War II and they were thriving and building as most America was. So, so, So if that happened then, then part of the history that was prior to that didn't have the permanent lasting effect that people are saying it did. Now we've we've digressed, I believe, in some ways with regard to race and the community, but it's more about the breaking of the community, not the the race itself. Where there are people that were, were oppressive and hurting, when you talk about the fires and the cities burning, the KKK and those things, yes, I'm not denying those, denouncing those, denying those at all. But the um, what I would like to, to share with 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 my African American brothers and sisters in education is. You know we've done this before. We've rebuilt after these kind of disasters before. We can do it again. Not now. We have to wait for the oppressor to get off our neck to do it again. No, we can do it again because we've done it before. And that's a part of the education system that I don't see in that at all. Within most places, it's it's you want to coddle, you want to you know pat him back on the back of the head, and, 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 and instead of you know give him a, give him a good pep talk and, and and holding them when they're hurting, but but then helping letting them fly again, and that's where we need to do an education. So that's my educational push.
1: Um, I want to take us to to look at one more topic from this, and then I I want us to go ahead and go back to the comments uh, over here. And um, I know this this topic is an especially difficult one, but. Um, I think it's especially important um, as we're looking at some of the conversations where, uh, where CRT is being brought up is in looking at issues like um, like for example um, instances of police brutality.
0: Is there more or is that just the-, so
1: the the question is um, yeah. what would your what would your analysis be of of, of the of those circumstances? Um, from, from that Christian perspective, um, especially as it relates to CRT?
0: Well, I, I would go back historically and say that the idea of having um, officials and, and those who are in charge of the citizenry and, and the their, their justice system is not new to America. So um, having police or guards or soldiers policing is not a product of slavery as CRT suggests it is. It's a product of, of having society that has laws. But when the soldiers went to John and asked, what should we do as they came to faith? He <laughs> said, stop treating people bad. You know, so yeah, you can have cops, you can have police, you can have a system of, of justice that's, that's not treating people badly. And um, you got one that, that does treat people badly. Right now, I think there's a mistrust in, in America, especially in the Black community uh, with regard to cops, because there are so many bad ones that got away with for so long, and that's not good. Um, they were able to get away with things because there was um, a lack of concern for the African-American uh, male and female. And so sometimes uh, those cops got away with things. That's wrong. That, that shouldn't have happened, and... In a society that claims Christ, it should, should not have happened at all. There should have been justice, and there should have been been, been payment for those for those sins, for that for that wrongdoing. Um, with regard to how I view police officers, uh, they have a job to do that is hard and stressful, and you can't excuse actions because of being hard and stressful. So just because you had a hard day doesn't mean you get to go home and, and beat on your kids or your wife or your husband. Just because you had a stressful day doesn't mean you get to shoot the, the next person that lips off or pops off at of the mouth to you. That's part of your job. And so as a Christian, I, I would ask that, that, that the police officers would live out their oath really to protect the citizenry. That's everybody. Um, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's just based on on, 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 slavery. Otherwise you'd only have cops in black communities, you know, but so go ahead for a thought.
2: Yeah. Um, I'm thinking the you know, voices of the middle ground college. So there's, there's always a third way, uh, thing. in the one, the way, um, uh, the, that the CRT kind of tends toward is that, uh, if I understand it rightly, is that uh, the American criminal justice system is uh, inherently and fundamentally racist, uh, and you're always good. It's, it's just part and parcel. Uh, that would be one extreme. On the other extreme is the one that I think in our circles we're much more likely to to run into, and that's thinking hey, everybody has a fair chance. There's might be a few bad actors, but there's there's no there's no, not no real uh, inherent racism in, in the criminal justice system uh, and bo- both those extremes are wrong uh, you know to be able to come together in the middle and see where there is uh, inherent racism or where it that that is a nasty thread that has uh, gotten into the criminal justice system early on and it's and it, it may, uh, shows its ugly head a lot to be able to recognize that without Saying, uh, "Scrap the whole thing! Uh, all cops are, are racist." Um, you know, to come down there in the middle, and be able to see, see the what what's really there.
0: Yeah. And, and and then there's how our Savior reacted to the authority of his day. Uh, and, and not that we won't have to die the death that he died. Um, thank god for that but even though he was living in a in under a ruler who was not god-fearing uh, in a system that 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 didn't um seek justice for his people he still um respected that authority and 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 and, and lived under it for 33 years and, and and allowed it to take his life at the end so so not that we want to be martyrs i'm not saying be martyrs but recognize that that um we live in a world that, that a world that really does need to have governance. And then that we try to, by any means, make that governance um, as, as equal and just and God-fearing as we can as individuals. And sometimes that may mean that we encourage more Christians to get into the, into the police department, and that we more offer more services for those who are in the police department so that when they have those stressful hard days, they don't crack under pressure. That they know where to go with that, that frustration and it's not the bottle. and it's, 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 it's mm-hmm. not the barrier it's, it's the cross. And so we have with the things that we can do to, to help a bad situation right now, it's bad. Not, not even saying that the police are bad, it's bad. The situation because there's mm-hmm. a lack of trust in, in, in parts of society, mm-hmm. too much of society for those that who are supposed to be trusted the most and because of past actions and, 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 and wrongdoings, that trust is in there
2: and not can you please someone that doesn't trust you, and, uh, you. So. i i'm thinking one other thing to throw in the comment if i can uh if you can have a preacher do anything quickly uh i'm uh the uh, our, our god-given desire to be respectful toward the authority that he's uh, put in us uh, part of part of the respect for authority is means holding them accountable that that's being respectful i i think yeah. of uh, um Paul in uh, acts 16 when he and Silas uh, uh, arrested unjustly beaten uh, unjustly uh, in the morning it's when uh, the the officers said uh, we well, can go now and Paul's answer was uh, they beat us publicly without a trial even though we're Roman citizens threw us into prison and now they want us to get get rid of us quietly uh uh-uh. uh let them come themselves and escort us out he he, he demanded justice. Uh, you, you, here are the rules, and you didn't keep your own rules. That's there's there's something wonderfully godly about that too. Yeah, I don't want to lose sight of that.
0: And, and I think the it's hard to it's, it's hard, and this is going to the policing discussion that you'll have another time, probably without me. But I'll speak of it now and just say it's hard to change something from the outside. Yeah um it, it's hard for me as a a pastor who does not deal in economics other than my own family's household to talk about changing an economic system
2: hmm.
0: you know it, it, so if we want to see changes in in the policing then we need to be involved in, in, in being part of that system so that we can affect change uh in, in a godly way um and i think that's, that's that's with every system whether it be in the government you know i would love to see more Christians holding office and not because they're going to have prayer with me at, at, at whatever time, but because they'll have a understanding of, of grace and mercy and, and God's justice, not not man's. So,
1: nice. All right. So let's go ahead and go back to the chat. Thank you both for those thoughts. Um, so Allison Moore says the idea of not being racist and anti-racist is something that people are just starting to realize. I think it isn't enough to just say that you're not racist. We must all. Uh, we all must be anti-racist to truly love our neighbors.
0: Okay. Thanks, Allison. Gosh. Good to see you. Um, not being racist anti- as opposed to anti-racist. Hmm. What do you think, Ruth?
1: Well, I, th- I really think it would depend on how we define those terms because even in say my own life, let's take a totally different issue here. Like for ex- example, the um, the life issue. I'm very pro-life, um, but at the same time, I also don't go out to abortion clinics and rally or do anything like that. So I guess in that sense, I would not be anti-abortionist if that's if that's the the road that we're going there.
0: Okay, that was a little that was a longer road than I would have gone to get there. But uh, let's try a straighter road. Um, no, so when, when it comes to racism. Uh, not being racist is probably let's say that's the minimum right that's 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 the that's the that bar is low now to be anti-racism racism means that in that moment where you have that joke that is that is um i'll use the term off color for a conversation and and, and it's going to be racist you don't listen to that joke without making the comment after having heard the racist part to say, yeah, that's inappropriate. You shouldn't, shouldn't share that again. That wasn't funny. Mm-hmm. Not being racist would be that I don't tell the joke. Yeah. Anti-racist would be, I'm gonna speak against the joke when it's heard. Mm. And so when you think about not being racist, there are a lot of people that will will say I'm not being racist, but then they don't do things, they don't say things when there's racism acting out around them. So I, I get the point that Allison is making that, um, Anti racist. Um, I, I, I totally understand that, but I think it's a matter of, of, of growth and opportunity sometimes too. That some people in their life may not have, I mean, not not, not to throw Medford under the bus, but um, if you're from Medford, Wisconsin, you probably don't interact with, with people that aren't white. And so you could go through and not deal with race issues. So you're not being racist, but you're not anti-racist because you don't have the opportunity to flex that anti-racist muscle. And so um I would say that not being racist, that's that's the minimum. Right? It's like, um, I'm not a killer. <laughs> okay, that's fine, that's great. But do you hurt your neighbor? You know, that's what Jesus boiled down to, right? He says, if you if you if you hate your 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 neighbor, you're a murderer. If you're being allowing racism around you, that's that's not helping the anti-racism thing that you should be pushing for as a Christian. So, I give I, I, I'm with on that to a certain degree that, that we should be trying to when we can when the opportunity arises to speak against racism. You know, I would and
1: agree
0: with that if that's what we're you know, if that's what. We're trying that's to. how I'm defining it because um, for I'll go down a different road for you because so you I know how much a sports fan you are, Ruth. I am. <laughs> I am not a Bears fan, but I'm not anti-Bears. I'm pro-Packers, but I, so I could be not a racist, low list, but I'm not anti race Well, I'd be anti-racist when you, when you need to be. Like next week when the Bears play the Packers, I'm anti-Bears <laughs> because I, I have the opportunity to be anti-Bears. So that's all I'm saying. So when the opportunity arises, you should be anti. You should always be against racism, and when the situation arises be anti racism
2: maybe another aspect of that is uh um uh okay if I'm anti racism, that means I am against racism when I find it in me now anytime I'm going at it with well I'm not racist um, I'm my my guard's down I'm not looking for the enemy the enemy that's right inside me uh Much safer to assume I bet there's racism in me and I hate it and I want to get rid of it and I want to turn it over to God and be repentant of it. Um, You know, just have be constantly open to the possibility. I am I am anti racist no matter where I find it, including in my own self. Mm, That's a great prayer. All right.
1: Um, We have another comment here. from (coughs) It says as humans, we definitely rate some sins as worse than others. Murder is treated more harshly than theft. I think it is not wrong to say that the white race has committed greater atrocities against other races than most. I feel that it is not wrong to recognize it so we may remedy it.
0: I, would, I, I, will, I won't disagree that in the recent history that's happened, but if you talk to somebody who's from Asia, uh, the way the Chinese and Japanese and Koreans um, interact with each other, I'd say they would they would argue that point because of their, their personal history. And I, and I think if you look at, um, People who live in Africa, the, the, those, some of those countries would say that that's not accurate with regard how they were treated in, the, in their past. So current history has 400 years of this moment. That is true. And it's okay to recognize that, I get, I get that. But the idea of the permanency or the inherentness of it is, is, is not historically accurate, that there have been those moments where it has been a different group that has been in power that has oppressed others. And, and then oftentimes there are people within the same group that oppress each other. So the, the hegemony is not just not just from the white culture, but it could be with culture. They use that term hegemony, uh, hegemony, or how you want to say it, with regard to classrooms. In a classroom, there's going to be a group that rules a class. We call that bullying. You know, uh, whether it be in this moment of this cultural, this racial tension. Yeah, the the white male has had the power for 400 years. True, uh, but that has been as permanent. Uh, and, and we can do things without it being anti-white male, but being very much pro everybody that, that leads to, which is where I think Christ wants us to be. Uh, as, as far as Christians, he says in, in Galatians 3.28, there's neither Jew nor Greek, male or female, but one in, or one in Christ. I think that's, that's where I, I look for at the situation. Um, so, sorry. All right,
2: um,
1: Anna Reineman says, as I see CRT, it is based on power dynamics. I think there are some limited appropriate applications in how we distribute power in church leadership. No,
0: mm-hmm. read that last part to me again?
1: I think there are some limited appropriate applications in how we distribute power in church leadership.
0: Okay. Uh, Would she want to expound upon that? Because I'm not seeing where she's going off the bat.
2: I, let me make a guess. I don't know if this is where, quite where Anna was going, but uh, I'm just thinking to conversations. Uh, some things, Ruth, I think that you pointed out that the, the, uh, encouraging uh, we want to encourage churches to, to be actively seeking uh, people of color, people in minorities to, to hold positions of uh, authority in churches, to be the, on the, the worship committee, to be on uh, church councils, uh, uh, recognizing that there's, there's, there's power in, in being in those positions, and we want the people who've been disempowered to, to have some power. I don't know if that's quite where Anna was going, but I think that would make sense.
1: Yeah, if if she's if that's where the topic is going, yeah, I would definitely <coughs> do that as well.
0: So, so having a voice at the table that's her,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and not just the voice, but being in leadership, but it starts with having a good voice, and then you build up leadership you get elected, then whatever, nominated. Okay. What else do you have for us? Um,
1: Bettino Winfrey says, thank you, Chaplain Merton, it sounds like you're saying that CRT is law on top of law, when that, uh, when what people need is gospel. Um, hmm. Anna Reidemann says, practically, CRT might inform us regarding how accessible, diverse, comfortable our synodical schools are for various individuals, MLC being in the most German town in the U.S., for example.
0: Well thanks Anna for reminding me that's where I'm going to be in about seven months. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, But yeah that that was my 25 years ago I I sat or stood in an auditorium in in Watertown and asked that very question about our cross-cultural ministries going to a a more monocultural town in Watertown. Um, And so yeah I think to some degree we could say that we did not critically consider uh, race and the conflicts that arise from race within our church body, um, and, and uh, but that's that's kind of a, it's weird because it's it's almost an American thing in the sense that when we want to go overseas, we have no problem going overseas. That, that we don't we don't mind the racial tension there and, and allowing that group that that nationality to grow in their worship styles in their own way. America is, is sees it differently. It, uh, and, and I'm not sure what that is now. I, I, we can do this conversation forever and, and, and try to figure that out. But, but when it comes to how America views its own people, uh, whether it be black or white, I think that there's, there's a friction there that is 400 years in the making. But we will go to China, uh, we'll go to countries in Africa, we'll go even back over to Europe and, and, and preach the gospel. And the, the cultural hiccups won't cause us to stop. In America, the cultural hiccups are bigger hiccups; they're more pronounced hiccups. And I don't know how to get rid of hiccups.
1: Drink water. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the water. The,
0: the living water. The living water. There we go. That does the sermon. Get rid of the hiccups. Drink the living water.
1: <laughs> All right. Um... Carly Nicole, see if I can get this right. Yes. <laughs> Holding them accountable. Um, I worry sometimes we think blind allegiance to authority is a godly way. Uh, Mickey Ross says, thank you for that accountability piece, Pastor Merton, and then also the idea that um, that I can be racist or not racist is a problem in my opinion, because racism is a sin. I'm always going to fight against the temptation to make choices that are racist. And I'm going to pray for forgiveness for any racist attitudes I've had. Um, I, I would actually like to comment on that though, um, in looking at that, because as we're thinking about sins, the, the first question is, is it that we're always going to be struggling against sin? Yes, because as long as we're living in a fallen world that's going to be a part of, that's just going to be a part of the state of things but is it that we are always going to be struggling against the same sense mm. that I, I don't, I, I don't think we can say that because okay. um, say, uh, say for instance, <coughs>
2: me.
1: well, I mean, Phil, you work a lot with people who have been incarcerated. Um, I, I don't think it's, um, you can probably speak to this more clearly because of that experience, but I don't it's not always probably that people are going to um, fall into the same exact thing that left them in prison. Like it probably does happen, but I don't, I don't think it would happen always.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, uh, parallel I think would be uh, because I work in uh, prisons. I work a whole lot with people who have addictions mm-hmm. and uh, there uh, is is a person with an addiction always going to have that addiction? I believe yes. they will always carry that addiction. Are they always going to have addictive behavior? No there's try there's victory possible there i Do I always have to get drunk? no uh, there, i can I can progress i can I can live a sober life uh, in spite of carrying this addiction around with me. Uh, and I think the same thing is is true for pretty much any sin, including racism. Am I? Do I have racist tendencies? Uh, sadly, yes. Do I carry them out with the, with the grace and power of God? No.
1: I think um, even in some cases, though maybe maybe not necessarily in a prison setting, but there are some cases where. You could struggle with a sin for some time but then finally have victory over that to the point mm. where you where that's not a that's not a struggle for you anymore so mm. I, I think yeah when and, we're when we're thinking about the topic of sin um that's that's something even when we're talking about something like racism that we have to be mindful of
0: okay. yeah and and it's I mean let's 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 be real with each other right we we, we all sin daily and much. That's, that's what we confess, right? Mm-hmm. And so there'll be times when um, you might have a thought or even make a statement that is harmful to someone on the base of race. And so it is a racist statement. That doesn't make you a racist. It, 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 it's, it's a statement that you made that is a that is a racist statement. And, and and you can and you should and we should all go to the cross and ask for forgiveness for that sin. There are other people who have as their mo to hate on people on the basis of race. They are racists. And they go out of their way to do things to show their racism and and whatnot. So for those of us who, who live our lives not in that moment of that 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 continuum of hatred, for some of us, we may have moments where we have heard or said a remark that is racist, that is um, a a prejudging or a bias based on someone's race in a negative way, and and for that we should all go to the cross and ask for forgiveness. Uh, and then there are those who who need a much greater turnaround, um, that their their struggle, if they struggle with it at all, it may may be lifelong, and so it's um yeah, and it's. It, I think about saying in that way that we, we all struggle, you know, whether it be greed, lust, anger, hatred, you know, those things. Um, uh, we all, we we will struggle with throughout our lives, and for some of us, we will conquer those struggles, those addictions, and get over those moments, as you both said. Mm-hmm. But um, let, let's not fool ourselves, right, Phil? Like you said, let's first deal with the me. How am I being? Non anti racist at this moment. Can I, can I do it better? Mm-hmm. You
2: know, okay. All right.
1: Um, Mickey uh, commented uh, in response to uh, kind of what we've been saying. She said, I see, um, I guess I see racism as falling in the same, bu- uh, same sin bucket as pride. I think I'm better than someone else. And that's been a lifelong battle for me and probably always will be. So that's what I mean by struggling against racism, pride, putting myself first above others.
0: Mickey, you are better than most people, just so you know. I I, I do want you to know. That. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but,
0: but yeah, I, I I I do think you're you're right, Mickey, in that how when it comes to um, how you treat another group, sometimes you put them down because of how you feel about yourself and that that that's that pride issue. But the mm-hmm. other thing could be how you are afraid of how you view yourself, right? So it'll be the opposite where you don't think of yourself as better. You're actually afraid that the other group is better. So I, I better help put them down so that I remain on top, so that I don't show my insecurity, my failures. So I think I think your right, pride, pride or lack thereof, that the opposite of that pride can lead people to to racist acts or like boiling it down again, to bullying acts. It's not that they think they're better, they're just afraid that you're better. They want to bully you before you show them to be less than you. Um, and so I think you're right in that pride plays is a huge part of that. Uh, I, that. That's why nationalism is scary from the standpoint of it promotes pride to a level that is, can, 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 that can be unhealthy. Um, and so can culturalism, you know. I am proud to be the son of Bobby and Ruby Robinson. I'm an African-American male, you know, and so I could have pride in being black. Well, how far does that go? Does that pride then get in the way of me um, being kind of and others? Then, then it's a bad pride. Um, I can, so I, I, I what, is, what does the word say, Phil? I, I boast in, in Christ, you know, so if I want to boast, it's not in my blackness. Um, it's, it's not in my, my whatever the world wants to label it. It's, I boast in Christ, you know, and, and that's where in him I find my, my being.
1: I think, um, I think we should get ready to close up soon here. But before we do that, um, I think I want to take advantage of the fact that we have, um, two ministers on the line right now, um, and specifically to speak to, uh, what can the, what can the church do, um, because we know that uh, what we're what we're wanting to work from isn't uh, that place of like c r t necessarily, but what is it that we do want to work from? what can the church do to uh, to be resources in the community that that help to like have these sorts of conversations um,
2: yeah. good question there uh boy i i'm for just first thing that comes to my mind is uh uh preach the bible for goodness sakes uh because <laughs> if you if you do you're going to find a whole lot of stuff you're going to find a whole lot of anti-racist stuff there it's there in the bible uh but you, you pointed out before Aaron, the uh the the uh good samaritan story uh look at that from you know step aside from the usual way you might look at it, and look at that from the point of view of an, an, an oppressed people the samaritans the people who are looked at as uh uh i won't walk on the same side of the street as you it's you know us we're the good guys samaritans are the bad guys and never the twain shall meet uh you know what is what was jesus saying about that attitude in what, what telling that good samaritan story that's just one example that they're all through the bible
0: yeah. Um, so uh, I will I will uh, plead uh, guilty to this. I've been at Fairview for five years and we still have a, a white baby Jesus in the manger. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, and, and, I, and the problem is I only see it once a year. If it was in my face every weekend, I, I might be more apt to. But it, it, it's it, what it's. It's being willing to have the conversation about who Jesus was. In, in 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 actuality not the image that we have over time because of the culture we're from and, and then I uh, have the conversations about other things that we have blindly let go in our in our church traditions that, that that lead people to believe that you don't care about their their being their person or their culture or race because you um, of where maybe you uh, decided to start churches or not Develop churches or where you put your, your resources, you know, and, um, for churches in general, I, I, I think you can have Bible studies, just like Phil had mentioned a good Samaritan. You get, there's another one coming out soon from Voice of the Middle Ground. It's going to go from creation to, to, uh, is revelation? We're going we're gonna to talk about race in that Bible study. Uh, if Ruth could ever stop, stop writing, we'd have actually done already, but she's had lessons. Um, and then, then be willing to, to engage in your community. Uh, it's, there are any number of ways that we can engage in community that, that, that don't put us on an opposite side of God's word. And even if you wanna go and be in those places where people might question it, be prepared to give an answer. You know, why, why are you there? Because the love of Christ appeals me to be in this moment to speak against the injustice of what's going on. Um, so. I, I think there's, there's so much you can do as a church, but it all, it all starts with, with me.
1: I've, I'm, I'm going to push a little bit here because I, I hear um, there's so much we can do. There's so many things we can do if you want to go in this direction. But what are some practical things that people can do, that churches can do as next steps?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's, it's, it's hard because it depends on where you're at. If you if you are like in in, in, a, in an area where you have a community of different cultures, then you can go in those cultures and and, and be there, meeting a need that's there, whatever that need is, whether it's it's food, clothing, um, lawyers, uh, you know, some representation by the law, you can be that. But if you're not in that community, you can't, you don't have that access. You, you can give money to it and, and prayers, but you. You can't be there literally doing it. For us here in Milwaukee, uh, we have Northside Lutheran Ministries that that serves an impoverished community. That's one one way that they can be involved. Uh, most of our churches have food pantries, but that's low level, right? We're talking about the those who are about to be incarcerated, unjustly. In, in, in what did they find up? A public defendant who was, just saw the file that morning or do we have lawyers that we can say pro bono, we'd like to offer up our service to help you out and to, to, to do your do you the best service possible. You know, um, I, I think economically, are we doing trainings for for good stewardship so that it's not just for those who have um, inheritances that they can leave to the church, but it's for those who are struggling to get by day by day and help them organize and help them um, because storage of their money, so they can come out of whatever situation is bothering them. Um, and when we see racism, and, and when when you see or hear about racism, reach out to the people who have been affected negatively. Reach out and, and let them know that that you care. You know, um, when, when I don't see too many Wells pastors, self included, going. And being there for people who have had gun violence in, in their communities, we could be there. We could set up a system where when the family is hurting, we send over care packages, even though they're not members of the church. We, we, can, we can be there. Um, and there's so, many, there's so many little things you can do. Treat your neighborhood, treat your community as your church. Yeah. You know, and so when, like, like if, if a member of our church was in the hospital, there'd be flowers going out. There'd be a, a, a thing of lasagna, pre-baked lasagna, by the way, that goes over there, so they could not have to do that for a day or two. Right now, for your community that's going through this this pain of having lost a loved one, or having this injustice, um, so I, I do think there are many ways, but it just takes some creativity and some some time and willingness to be able to step into that that void.
1: Thank you, Phil. Um, did you have any thoughts on that that you wanted to share?
2: Oh, uh, Aaron just said it so well. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I'm I'm gonna say, ditto. Amen, Aaron.
1: All right. Um, in that case, I think we're about ready to close out. Um, does one of you want to lead us in a prayer?
0: Sure. I'd love to really open this up this afternoon. I'll, I'll close this up. Heavenly Father, we, we come to you uh, as sinners who struggle uh, against sin every day. Uh, but we're thankful that uh, we have a savior who was tempted but did not sin, who dies that we might live. And so all those sins are forgiven at the cross. Help us be part of the solution to the problems in our world. That uh, there's sin going on around us that, that people are discussing and, and people are enduring and, and some are even doing. That that you don't like when it comes to people treating each other differently based on race, Lord, that that displeases you because we are all your children. You created all of us and you love all of us equally. And so, give us the the wherewithal and the wisdom to step up and to stand strong in the midst of of racism, to stand against racism, and to call it out when we see it, so that we might be a champion for for every one of your creations bless us lord in in jesus name amen amen Amen.
2: all right well i've got to get
0: going i've got a council meeting and uh (laughs)